5: something big must be happening one we're both together and we're not at opposite ends of the country and two we're on location always a big deal when we're on location and we're at st pancras station in the center of london and we are stood by a Eurostar train and its destination according to the front is paris clue there i'm michael
6: and i'm john but full disclosure we're not here catching the train today we're here to meet 10 athletes who are the very first named by Team GB for Paris 2024. This is a special edition of the podcast with British Sailing.
5: How exciting. You can always contact us via our website, and that's anythingbutfooty.com. Use the contact us form there. We'd love to get your messages. You can find us across all the social platforms. That's Threads, Instagram, X, Facebook, plus we're also on TikTok now as well.
6: So let's meet the team as British Sailing's class of 2024 aim to emulate their predecessors and continue the proud run that has made Great Britain and Northern Ireland the most successful nation in Olympic sailing history.
0: So I'm Mark Robinson, I'm the O.A.'s Performance Director. are in charge of the British Sailing Team. I've also been appointed by the BOA as the Team Leader for Sailing at the Paris Games. So for Paris 2024 we've selected uh, John Gibson and Anna Burnett coming back in the NACRA 17, Emma Wilson in the IQ foil, the Women's Windsurfing, Freya Black and Saskia Tidy in the Women's Skiff, the 49er FX, James Peters and Finn Sterrett in the 49er, Ellie Aldridge in the Women's Kite and Sam Sills in the IQ foil men. And then finally, Michael Beckett, in, uh, or Mickey Beckett, in the Ilka 7, the men's dinghy. The NACRA 17, well, John and Anna, we train with the Italians with that one. So we train with the current gold and silver medalists. They've had some competitions where they've beaten the Italians and others where the Italians have beaten them. So we'll keep pushing in that one. We would love it to be gold. I'm John Jimpson, I sail
7: Foiling NACRA 17 with
4: Anna Burnett. You won a medal in Tokyo?
6: Yeah. Now going to Paris.
7: I mean, it's really exciting for us today, especially because last time we were really late, you know, selection. Um, so it's nice to be one, you know, in the first group of athletes selected for Team GB. Bit of a relief this Christmas. Last time, was it January we found out? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, a bit less stressful this time on the selection front, but really happy to be here. But is there pressure, Anna?
4: Um, I think the pressure is only, you know, what really what we put on ourselves. I suppose that, you know, this time round in the sailing team, there's no returning gold medalists, which often there has been historically. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe we feel a bit of pressure to step up and as returning Olympians, uh, you know, along with Emma and Sass to uh, lead the sailing team in, in some ways, but honestly, I think everyone in the sailing team is, is here on, the, you know, on their, their merit. You know, there's so many good chances for medals in this team amongst new Olympians and returning Olympians. So yeah, it's cool to be part of.
5: For those that don't know, tell us what a NACRA 17 mixed multi-hull boat is then.
4: Yeah, it's quite a mouthful that. (laughs) My friends ask me the same thing. Uh, So the mixed multi-hull is a catamaran, so two hulls, and it's hydrofoiling, so basically it lifts out the water. Um, So there's a few of the Olympic classes in sailing now which are hydrofoiling, it's kind of the way that the the sport's going. Uh, We lift out of the water. Once we get to a certain speed, which then gets rid of all of the drag of having the boat in the water, uh, so we're effectively flying. Um, and it's you know, once the drag from the water is, is gone, it's just a lot faster. So it's faster. It's obviously it's a bit harder um, for us uh, to sail, um, but it's it's really fun.
5: John, you're the helm, yeah. and Anna, you're the crew. So what does the helm do, and then what does the crew do?
7: Um, in essence, Anna does everything. I'm not really sure I do. I basically steer and do a lot of the tactical decision-making and Anna's in control of the sales and, you know, all the power we have on board, uh, a lot of multitasking involved and, you know, and it's a very fiscal role, what she does.
4: <laughs> I mean, I'm really lucky to sell Johnny's. If, if you're going to have a teammate, you know, that's in a partnership that's going to work well, then it needs to be one a partnership where you back each other up on the water. You know, you can't. There's no time to get annoyed at each other or dwell on each other's mistakes. And, and I mean, that's probably the spiel that everyone gives, but genuinely in, in our team, that's, that's true. And I think that's really what we pride ourselves on is that we, um, we back each other up all the time. And I'm really lucky that you know, John's very level-headed and obviously we're yeah, a good team on and off the water.
6: We're here at Eurostar. People can probably hear the trains coming in behind us. Um, It means that Marseille is not that far away. You've been training there for a long time. Is it actually an advantage for that or actually, like UK Sport told us the other week, that you're so used to it that you you get a bit complacent?
7: Yeah, I mean, in sailing, it's all about the weather, basically. And I mean, what we're learning about Marseille is it changes every single day. So I I think particularly for our sport, almost feels like we can't spend enough time there because we need to have experienced every condition and learn what the wind does, what the currents do, what the waves are like. So yeah, in our case, for sure, I think more time has definitely been better.
6: And Marseille, such an incredible place.
4: Yeah, Marseille is a really cool city. I mean, the vibe is, is quite crazy. It's, you know, it's a bustling, really busy, quite international city. Um, and, you know, where the sailing is, we're just kind of on just on the edge of the hustle and bustle. So you're almost, getting into a little bit quieter but I mean during summer Marseille is, is crazy but it's really cool you know I think we'll get a uh, lot of spectators and it'll be a really good vibe.
5: Is this still exciting being named by Team GB at the Olympics? You've been there before you've been world champions you've been European medalists and things like that so is this still a buzz for you guys?
4: Yeah it's, it's still really exciting it's just I mean it's an honour I guess neither of us probably dreamed of going to two olympics you know one was always a dream of course um so you know here we are with the first selected athletes going to the second game so it's you know it's hard not to be excited about that
7: it's what you dream about your whole childhood and for us in in sailing the olympics is the pinnacle and there's only one spot for each country so it's hard to fight for so yeah no we're both very proud of being here
0: Emma Wilson in the IQ foil of women's windsurfing. She had less time than everyone else to convert from the RSX of last cycle. The equipment changed, but very quickly started to dominate between her and maybe the French girl. It's a common theme here. There's a big battle looming with us and the French in a lot of classes.
1: Hey, my name's Emma Wilson. Uh, I'm really happy to be selected for Team GB for Paris 2024. Instead of just windsurfing normally on the water, we now have a hydrofoil underneath our board and we fly across it. So it's basically just much faster and uh, more fun, bigger crashes, but I think it's just a lot more, like visually as well, it's a lot better.
5: How tough was it to make the change after winning your medal in Tokyo in what I might term traditional windsurfing?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was pretty tough. The first few months, I just spent about three months crashing (laughs) and uh, I wasn't sure if I would like, how I'd get on. Um, But once I got the hang of it, I kind of, I just see it as normal windsurfing but a lot more fun, so yeah.
5: <laughs> was there a decision to be made for you ahead of Tokyo whether to start focusing on these games in the Q foil or whether to continue that journey to try and get that Olympic medal in windsurfing?
1: Yeah, it was pretty hard because obviously with a year to go to Tokyo but everyone had moved on to the IQ foil. So I was already like a year and a half behind. Um but when that was happening I was like oh, I'd do anything to win a medal, and if I don't qualify for Paris, then I got a medal. So to qualify for Paris and win a medal in Tokyo is like a dream, yeah. <laughs> What's
5: mum said? Because she's been there twice, 92 yeah. and 96, windsurfer at the Olympics. <laughs> super proud, I guess, that you are now a two-time Olympian as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, obviously she's super happy, and uh, I think it, she just says to me, just enjoy it, because it doesn't happen very often and you've worked like your whole life to get to this point so yeah you might as well have fun <laughs> now i
5: watching the games in tokyo i felt some of the new sports like freestyle bmx skateboarding sport climbing they energized the games they gave it a new dimension do you think iq4 will be the same
1: yeah i think so i think people will be shocked at like how fast we go and how close we are together and if they get some of the crashes on the tv that'd be cool because i think yeah uh, I think it makes it all just a lot more exciting for everyone to watch. And for people
5: that don't know it, tell us a little bit about how the event will actually unfold. Is it like a point-to-point race, are you on a circuit, for example?
1: Yeah, I think that's actually the most interesting bit is we have a different format to every other class. Like we do a normal 20 race series, but then on the last day we have a quarter-final, a semi-final and a final, and basically whoever wins the final wins. So it's a lot more like a normal, traditional sport and uh, easier for everyone to understand, I think. I mean, it's a bit more brutal (laughs) if you've been winning all week and you don't win the final and that's that. So uh, but yeah, I think it's exciting.
5: (laughs) You've got the bronze medal. Where do you keep that?
1: Uh, It's in the lounge. (laughs) Yeah, I saw it the other day. I lost it for a bit. I found it again now, so that's good.
5: (laughs) How much does it burn inside you to try and go to a silver or, or the Olympic gold medal this time around?
1: yeah i mean olympic gold medal is my dream and i was only two points off it last time and joint points a second so yeah i'm going to give everything to try and win it this time
5: all the very best and thanks for your time today
1: thank you <laughs> thanks
0: sam sills been in and out of the our program for, for a long time got a bit heavy for the rsx and left for a while iq foils come in and he was already doing some sort of recreational foiling and just been utterly ruthless in his preparation
6: Firstly, congratulations, Team GB. You've got the tracksuit on. How does it feel?
8: Uh, it's an incredibly special moment. It's, it's been a really long journey to get here. A lot of times, it nearly didn't happen, and I put my heart and soul, and everything into this. And I'm thrilled and relieved that it's come. It's it's come. It's come alive. It's happened.
6: So I'm right in saying it's not your full-time job. You have you, you run your own company.
8: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I studied naval architecture at university and for a while I was working in this sector alongside trying to be an athlete, which was amazing. I, I learned a lot. I had some great times. I went to Norway and I worked on electric boats. Um, and then recently I was working on my own uh, windsurfing designs. And then this year when it really hotted up, I decided to put that to the side, park it and just focus on trying to complete this mission and win the Olympics. And you said
6: what well, a long journey it was for you, as, as well as your, your teammates. When did you kind of know how oh, actually, I'm in form here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to these Paris Games.
8: Wow. So earlier on this year in January, I had a lot of success after a lot of failure as well. Actually, so the Worlds last year were very poor. We I finished 16th, and it was from that moment a real focus on trying to get back for this year and. I took away all distractions, I missed Christmas, I missed New Year's. I, I just took everything away that could have been that wasn't aligned with trying to complete this mission. And then I arrived in January to the Lanzarote Games and I, I won every single race for the first half of the regatta. In the end, in the finals, um, didn't come fruitful, made some mistakes. But this happened again the next month. And it was that moment that it hit me hard that uh, an Olympic medal is not it's not a distant dream anymore. It's, it's a realistic possibility if 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 I work hard and I have a bit of luck on the day. Um, so that moment was, was a big moment, but it wasn't, it wasn't the trials. The trials were still to come. So, and I was fully focused on this. Uh, I had a lot of success on the, on the first event. I won the Prince of the early on this year, which was an incredible moment in, in my life. And there was a lot of adversity prior to that. Things were, were going really wrong, but managed to pull it together right at the end. Then throughout the season, there was a lot of um, a lot of problems going on before the big events, but I managed to just about cling on to the top eight, which was very important for selection this year. And then at the World Championships, right on the last race of the last day, I managed to clinch the tenth position by by one point, and that gave me the ticket to qualify the nation for for the Olympic Games. And it was, I think, it was that that evening I really understood that I've done it and uh, I had some tears in my eyes and I was just it was a very emotional moment just thinking back to this this day because in sport your whole career is defined in moments merely second decisions is what gives you first or last and um, that hit me hard that moment
6: Final question then we've just heard the Eurostar go literally from beside us when you're in France next year it's not job done yet is it You, you said it's great that I'm in team GB but you wanna go and win a medal.
8: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we we're going there to win, for sure. We've got the best sports science team in the world, we've got the best sailing team in the world, and we we hope to we hope to dominate it, I think. We'll lay all the chips down, we will turn every stone and try and deliver the job. Well Sam, we wish you all the best of luck. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you so much.
6: This is a special episode of the podcast. Hearing from the very first athletes picked for Team GB for the Olympics next summer. And Mark Robinson, performance director of British sailing, continues to talk us through those selected for Paris
0: 2024. Mickey Beckett in the Ilka 7, the men's dinghy. He can certainly get there. He's had an outstanding year. Ellie Aldridge, uh, who's his girlfriend, uh, in the Kite Women, again, she sort of hasn't been off the podium for two years.
8: My dad's a sailing instructor. Uh, I had a brother who's two years older than me, um, and he taught us to sail, and we just sailed round and round chasing each other. We really enjoyed sailing, and it was a great way to kind of explore the place we lived. Um, But it also turned out I was really competitive as well. To try and get a spot in Team GB is such a big undertaking that I thought I'm not gonna go to all that uh, effort unless I really think I can win a medal, even a gold medal. I believe I
1: can. My name's Ellie Oldridge, I've been chosen to represent GB in the sailing at the Olympics and I'll be competing in the Formula Kite women's class. So it's definitely the Formula 1 of sailing and I think the Formula 1 of Olympic sport. It's super fast, super exciting, high adrenaline, uh, I think it will be really exciting to watch.
0: Freya Black and Saskia Tidy in the women's skiff, the 49er FX. Sask returning for a third. Olympics. Freya is a young up-and-comer who immensely talented.
1: Freya's brought an incredible fresh approach to this campaign and has really opened my eyes up to what we need to change to be better for Paris 2024 and um, it's exciting having been part of the class for 11 years now. I feel really happy and, and confident in our
4: team. Well it's definitely a, a lifelong dream. Uh, from a young age I've, I've always wanted to go to the Olympics so it to come to is, is really special
0: and then finally james peters and finn sterrett in the 49er if you remember last cycle we had we had dylan stew and james and finn and they were like one two in the world one two in the european so you know james and finn they they were up there and they narrowly lost the trials to the people that ultimately won the gold medal i finn sterrett i so with uh, james peters in the 49er class
2: um, we're at the, the official unveiling i guess of uh, being
3: selected for Team GB for Paris 2024.
6: And we're at Eurostar, James, because one's just pulling out now.
3: Yeah, it's a pretty cool location. Feels real now. We're selected for the games um, and it's, uh, yeah, really exciting to be here. We spent a lot of time training and racing against Dylan Stu last cycle. Obviously, they went and did the country proud and won the won the gold medal and they're both fantastic sailors. And I guess Finn and I, there were points last cycle we felt we could have beaten them. And that the fact that they Went and won the gold is is amazing, but I think we believe we can we we can do do the same if we get it right. So we're going to do everything we can to ensure that. It's a bit of a relief when they retired and said they weren't going to carry on. Uh, um, to be honest, you know
2: we like to think that we you know we really pushed them last cycle. So you know in, in order to like James said, you know in order to get select getting selected is really hard. with real depth of talent, but with that depth of talent means that when you or the one to get selected, you actually have a really good chance of, of winning a medal. Um, so there's, you know, pros and cons. I think I think that is the beauty of the British sailing team. I think we all push each other on. I think if we didn't have that depth of talent um, and and you know the difficulty in getting yourself qualified, then um, then winning winning a medal come the games would be a lot harder.
6: So you can finally tell people you're in the team today. Who, who have you told first? Uh, obviously, family. Family are the most
2: important. You know, they. You know, supported, supported us for, for many years and a lot, of, um, a lot of hours driving around the country when you're younger. So pretty special to share with them. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, closest friends and things is, yeah, a lot of, a lot of excitement. And that's the, the cool thing with, with Paris being so close and Marseille will we'll be sailing not, not too much further is that hopefully a lot of them will be able to come and watch us sail, um, which is
3: really exciting.
6: Job not done yet, James. you want to go and win that medal?
3: Yeah, the the hard work in many ways starts now. Um, The challenge changes because we've we've had to over the last six months we've had to perform at four regattas uh, in order to be here, be selected now. And now it's just about one regatta, the Olympic Games next next summer in the last week of July. So we now have some time to sort of step back, think. You know, what what do we need to do? Change over the next nine months to give ourselves the best possible chance of doing that. Before I let you go,
6: James, tell me one thing about Finn that he doesn't want you to tell me, and vice versa.
3: Springs to mind. F- Finn went for a toilet break whilst we were all waiting to have the photo taken. So we had about 30 people waiting <laughs> on Finn while he, whilst he dawdled up the stairs because he had no phone signal.
2: <laughs> I have to say, James likes a bit of karaoke. Whether or not <laughs> whether or not he would want people to know, who knows?
3: But yeah, get him get him in a karaoke booth and you yeah, he'll let rip. <laughs> Mumford and Sons, little lion man, is always a the go-to in these sorts of situations.
6: <laughs> well, we'll hold you to that when she will win that medal down in Marseille. Thank you so much for talking to us both. Thanks.
3: Thanks. Cheers.
6: And there they are. Your first opportunity to meet the 10 athletes in seven classes. The British Sailing Team for Paris 2024. And there's still the opportunity for more sailors to be named by Team GB with qualification ongoing in three other classes. You can keep, of course, bang up to date with all the latest British Sailing news on their website or on their social media at British Sailing.
5: This has been a special edition of the podcast recorded here at St Pancras Station in London with British Sailing, the most successful sailing team in Olympic history. You can always find us online, anythingbutfooty.com, and you can message us from there and check out all our socials. And make sure you follow Anything But Footy for all the news in the build up to Paris 2024.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network Life's Better with American Family Insurance.